I want to prioritize what I want. And if that means I don't have a very good income for a long time, then I'm happier with that. Even though that can be stressful as well. Life will always be stressful. But I'd rather stress being happy than stressing about not being happy. Who you heard right there was Max Andersson. Or as you would say it in English, Max Anderson. He's a drummer, musician and a teacher. And today the two of us is going to dig deep in how and why he went after a career in music. You're listening to My True North. My name is Kalle Flodin and this is the podcast where I sit down with a fascinating individual who has been brave enough to go after what they truly want out of life. And Max is one of those people that have really listened to his inner compass and inner voice. So let's dive in. Then I say hi and welcome to Max Andersson or Anderson, whatever you prefer. Anderson works great <laughs> in the <Yeah. laughs> in the world of English. We stick to English, I think, right? <laughs> I, I always think of uh, of The Matrix, the movie, like when I hear Mr. Anderson. Right, right. How are you? I'm doing great, thank you. Um, it's been a nice morning, drinking my matcha as per usual. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, it's a sunny day. Christina is out with the dogs and it's just, yeah, it's a lovely day. Uh, a bit down though, because I, f- I saw from my last night's upload on YouTube that it's uh, not performing as it should. So I know I shouldn't be too mm. concerned about it, but it's always like... Something uh, in the back of your mind. Yeah, it always is. So, but yeah, for the people listening right now and have never heard your voice or your name before, maybe, uh, do you mind give us giving us like an elevator pitch of who you are? Yeah, sure. Uh, my name is Max Anderson. I play drums and I teach. So I've been using YouTube for the past six years to teach and, and record drum covers and similar in a in an educational manner. And then I live stream quite a lot on, on Twitch, usually three times a week right now. And so I, I've built a studio uh, on my property from which I teach and do pretty much everything nowadays. So um, in short, a music teacher. Yeah, but that's amazing. And we have the same background in... Uh, that's what basically why we know each other, I think. Maybe we should say that to the audience, actually. You're not just a guest. We're actually friends from from before. From the past, from 10 years or more, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a long time ago. Uh, but we have the same background in music and we have the same kind of taste, even I would say music, especially one band, Blink-182. Exactly, exactly. Way back. I just need a tattoo, right? Yeah, then you're up on my <laughs> my level. But I got to see the reunion show or the, or the untitled 10-year anniversary show. Yeah, weren't you with me on when they played in Stockholm as well? No, I think that was my brother, maybe in that case. Yeah, but Lucas I, was with me, I remember, exactly. I still lived in Los Angeles at that point. Oh, yeah, you did. Should we start there maybe somehow? Uh, sure. Because you are a Swedish person and now you're back in Sweden. Why did you leave from the beginning? So I studied just... You, we can put this out that you and I met through an audio engineering education and friendships and, and things like that and, and rehearsing at the same place and everything. We shared a lot of things back then. So after I finished my studies in audio engineering and we try to do play with bands and things, uh, I started teaching a little bit on the side as my job at a school and I realized I really enjoy teaching and I also wanted to become a better drummer because for the for the most time growing up, I was kind of these this little bit. Um, I, you know, I didn't pay too much attention to what was going on in the music world, the drum world. I was more like wanting to be in a band, guys. So I didn't really pay too much attention to technique and to other drummers and, and the whole music um, world, so to speak. So I felt the mix of that. I wanted to become a teacher and get good at teaching. 
and get better at drums and teach drums. So I applied to Musicians Institute and decided to move there. And I've always been a bit fascinated by California and, and the States, especially since, you know, with the music style that especially we were into back then, then all, most bands are from over there. So how did you start up over there? Like, because you, did you know anyone when you moved there or? No, no, I, I had contact with, there was one guy who had reached out from Sweden because they were like, hey, maybe you should be roommates because we're starting at school too. And I said, nah, I want the American experience. So <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, I don't want to be roommates. <laughs> and then I got there. Um, I had I, I had talked to, with a girl over internet for like eight months at that point. So, so we had made a, made a great connection. Um, we're good friends and she met me up at the airport even though she lived in another city. Um, so we met up and, and she was the only person I guess I knew in the States on the West Coast. And then this person I had talked a little bit to uh, from Sweden. And so I, I ended up calling my Swedish friend or associate or whatever um, and say, hey, I don't have any place to live. Can I live on your floor for three days while I look for a house or an apartment? <laughs> That's amazing. So it was a it was a scary start. But no, I didn't really know anybody. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My my dad's friend from when he lived there when like 30 years, 40 years ago, his daughter actually let me sleep on her couch for two nights as well. So I did have okay. two contacts. So did it take a long time until you get a house? It took like four or five days, and then we had an okay, apartment. Okay, that's not too bad. Yeah, no, uh, it was. It, it's it's so different in the states compared to Sweden. Like in Sweden, you'll stay in, stand in line for so long. Like you, you like if you want to move to Stockholm, you have to stand in line for ten years before you get an apartment. Funny enough, I still stand in that line. Because you never know. You reason. never know. <laughs> yeah, but I I really hope I'm never going back to the main like main capital of this country. But for some reason, yeah. I just stand in that line because it's such a long waiting period. I think I've stand I'm, like I've stood in that line now for over 12 years. And I'm starting oh. to get some offers of like in the suburbs apartments, basically. It is crazy. But you never know. You never know if you're going to need an apartment. You know, everything goes well. And then all of a sudden you get a job that you have to work on at uh, one month per year in Stockholm and everything works out. And then you have a place there to go. You know, you never know how your business turns out and everything eventually. Yeah, exactly. It would be amazing to actually be able to afford an extra apartment somewhere <laughs> as well. So that would be fantastic. We're ever yeah. getting reaching that level. Yeah. But going back a bit to the roots, now we talked about your moving there and everything, but how did your music interest start? Do you have like a really early music memory in your life? My parents always listened to a lot of music, even if they didn't play music. And my grandfather was very into like classical music and things. So I was always around a lot of music. Um, my early memories of just hearing music is uh, my grandpa listening to a lot of classical and I, me always wanting to, wanting him to put in, on his um, LPs. And then my dad listening to a lot of Led Zeppelin in the car and things like that. Um, so I started playing drums in Sweden. You start playing, trying different instruments and play, play music almost for free in school, which is amazing. And so I wanted to play um, percussion. So I started playing drums. And then a couple of years later, my brother is, I have two brothers, one is three years older and one is four years older. So my older brother uh, introduced me to a lot of music since he's older and discovered things more. And um, both of us really fell in love with Blink-182 and then started 
started playing Blink-182 at home in the basement and transcribing and learning the different songs. And we had never really gotten along before. And since we bonded over Blink-182, we have never really fought ever again. So, Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, so, so from the age of, I might have been 11 or 12, we played in bands together for probably 10 years or so. Um, and he, he studied as well, the same uh, audio engineering up in Fallen, so... Yeah, exactly. I remember I was so like confused when I got out of, uh, what do you call that, gymnasium? How do you translate that into? Uh, High school. High school, okay. Uh, When I got out of that, I was so confused, like, where should I go now? I I still have this interest for music, but I don't know know where to go. But then I remember your brother, Lucas, I was like, oh, yeah, but he went after music after this school as well. And I asked him uh, like a hundred questions, like, oh, how (laughs) is it there? How was it to start up? What's the situation like? And then I just like you did just followed my heart and went there it was a good move yeah it really was that's the funny part like i talked about that in one of my recent videos that so many people connect me and my name to filmmaking but my background is audio uh, like really really nerdy uh, audio engineering and stuff so that's why i love this uh, podcast forum as well yeah and it's i i feel like i haven't worked very much with audio engineering like straight on but it comes into play with so many things we do with music or live streaming or podcast or videography or whatever. It's, it's such a, an important step and I, I'm so happy I have the background and just the, the thinking that you have to have with audio engineering of, of um, checking for errors or finding what's wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And a lot of people asking me like, oh, what camera are you using? Or what should I buy as the first gear to my, to my YouTube channel? I was like, audio get a good microphone because if the camera is bad that's totally okay but if you have bad audio people won't be able to listen or watch it either you can't hear you have to focus and it's harder to hear harder to understand what's going on and it just feels like a kind of interesting quality drop when the when the when the audio isn't good so yeah it's it's interesting how that works and it's interesting how that's like the general tip in right like it's it's okay to use a webcam just get a good mic or yeah, use exactly. your phone, but get a good mic. Yeah, exactly. Focus on the storyline and be yourself and have a good audio. That's basically more recommended than actually having a good camera, I would say. Yeah. Because everyone has a good phone these days. And that's yeah. good enough for, for filming with. And even if you go indoors, then it's still not the camera you should upgrade. Then it's the lighting. <laughs> exactly. I don't I don't even have lights yet. Um, I use this like construction side lamp, like enormously oh, yeah, yeah. strong. Uh, and I have to put a T-shirt on top of it to like make it like the fusion to, to like a softbox, uh, which works. Um, I don't think people know it actually that it's that kind of a setup. I have like this stool in the corner and then a construction light like torching me and then a T-shirt <laughs> over it. And, it and it works. So I think that is something a lot of people who are not into filmmaking and things don't realize, like just the abundance of light. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially when you live in the woods and you have almost no light source at all. We have like one very vague like lighting up here uh, in the living room and then one small light in the kitchen. We don't even have a light over our stove. So when we cook food, we have ah. almost to do it with a flashlight. So we're right. really limited <laughs> on <laughs> limited on light. That's the thing with video making like you can have so ma- so much bright light just to make it look dark and cozy yeah exactly you need to really pump it but going back to your teaching area so to speak did that start when you started your youtube channel or even before 
I started working at that school when I just had graduated or like a year after graduating the, the sound of music production, audio engineering thing. Um, and then I, that's when I realized I really enjoyed teaching. So I wasn't teaching necessarily music too much at that point. It was more like being a, a help assistant in, in classing in class, uh, classrooms and teaching some maths and some English and things. But uh, I moved into LA with the thought of that I wanted to teach. And so I kind of studied my teachers and how they taught rather rather than focus fully on, on the drums. I was m almost more interested in how they teach drums and how they teach different people. So I, I started teaching on my own, um, I think through my last quarter of school. So while I was still in, sco in school, I started teaching online. And then when I graduated from, from Musicians Institute, uh, they hired me and I was working there as both a musician playing for other classes and also teaching some and having tutoring and doing some workshops and things. So around then is when it started seriously, I guess. How did you know to go after like both music and teaching? Was that obvious? Yeah, I, th I think so for me. Uh, just music has always been my my biggest passion. I've been so fortunate in having very supportive family members like my mother and father always told us to go for what we want, kind of, which I think is an insanely fortunate thing to have in your life when you when you can go after what you want. And so in in my mind, it has always been I want to prioritize what I want. And if if that means I don't have a very good income for a long time, then I'm happier with that, even though that can be stressful as well. Like life will always be stressful. Yeah, uh, but I'd rather <laughs> exactly. stress being happy than stressing about not being happy. That's a very good way of looking at it. There will always be something bugging you. But but so so it always felt felt right to go for music. In Sweden we have uh, you know the benefit of being able to study music in high school as well. So already then I was in the music program doing a lot of music, so it's a very fortunate situation, I think. Besides your brothers, did anyone else in your like friends circle go after music and stuff? That's a good question. Uh I have some friends like dabbling in music but not really going after it not to the sense where it's their main focus and passion i have some classmates from high school who have done like martin wiklund has done some music for westworld and some different trailers and movies and things but i don't think he's fully into i i'm, I'm actually not sure what he's doing i think he's doing a lot of photography for a while and different things and i have friends doing music but not many people actually like going after it as their main purpose. Did you have any connection to Martin from uh, the band Vintergatan back then? Or was that above your class? I had Marcus, the drummer. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Went to the same school and uh, he graduated a couple of years before me. And then he jumped in as a teacher for half a year when the school lost, a teacher, lost their drum teacher when I was there. So I had Marcus for half a year teaching me. And then he was doing a lot of sound around in Eskilstuna when we played with our band and stuff. Yeah. So, so that's that's how I know Marcus. Just a side note for those who, who are listening, like I asked about Vintergatan because that's kind of a big name on YouTube as well. I would say these days, especially if you're in that kind of music nerdiness, and especially engineering these days. Uh, yeah. There's this guy from the like the not the main, not what do you say, not main character, but main. 
Yeah, you know what I mean. He's one of the main <laughs> the characters front of the front of frontman. Yeah, exactly. That's the word for it. Uh, at least nowadays, I would say, because he ha- is the face of the YouTube channel. He's like he did this marble machine. It was a few years ago, I think. Uh, recorded that and hit it on, uh, uploaded it to YouTube, and then just just millions after millions after millions of views. And that was so fun because then you got to start teaching and letting people. I was in America at the point, so I st- I got to introduce. Americans to uh, Detective Biron and things like yeah. that. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Which was great because I always always enjoyed that band, but I I never found much interest in it. But after Marble Machine and Vintergatan, then Detective Biron got a lot of love as well. I like it. Yeah. Same here, actually. That's fun. At what point did you actually realize you can live of your music? I'm a very cheap person, so I don't spend a lot of money. So it doesn't take way too much to make me go around, so to speak. I think I haven't really worked with anything other than music and teaching since 2009 or something like that okay that's a long time yeah we have we have such good um, financial aid for studies in sweden so when i was studying in the states they were able to cover most costs i had to save up quite a bit but they still covered so much now i have loans but loans are so cheap to pay off in sweden like the interest is so insanely low. Yeah, we have it so beneficial on that area, actually. Yeah, it is, it is absolutely bonkers. So, so even from graduating, when I graduated audio engineering, then I worked as a teacher, and then when I moved to the states, I was studying, so I had financial support. And then after I studied, I started working at the school, Musicians Institute. And then after that, I moved to Sweden and I got a job as the drum teacher on the high school that I went to because my old drum teacher had just had a kid. So he's like, hey, Max, you you should apply for this position as a drum teacher. I was like, yeah. So I did that for a year and then simultaneously teaching online. And then I started, I actually jumped on and finished my teaching degree here in Sweden. Okay, really? Yeah, I, I decided when I moved here and I worked for the one year at the high school that, hey, I might as well add the education. So I added that, worked from home, uh, teaching and things, and taught like one day a week at an elementary school. And then I graduated, got my my teaching certificate or degree or whatever you want to call it uh, last January, so last year. And then I stopped teaching locally. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. If you want to talk about plan Bs or fallbacks or whatever, then I guess I th- I like the idea of plan Bs, even though many are against them. It's such a split, right? Some people are like, you should have a plan B. Some some say, if you don't go in wholeheartedly, you'll never make it fully. But I, I think it's nice to have plan Bs and Cs as long as they're within the field where you can see yourself working. So for me, my plan B and C are still teaching because I love it. My my plan B won't be working at a factory because that's not what I'm into. So my plan B now can always be to fall back on teaching locally because there's such a lack of teachers and I have my degree, but it's not what I'm going to fall back on to unless I absolutely need to. And then in that case, it's probably temporary or in the future, keep on working on YouTube and live streaming and, and growing my own platform for teaching eventually and maybe work one or two days at a local school just to be a bit grounded in the world, I think, and meet the kids who are growing up and inspire them to pursue music. 
Yeah, I think that's a good way of looking at it because I heard of a YouTuber, or I know a YouTuber that is called Ali Abdal. Uh, he does this like uh, educational YouTubing, I would say. And he studied for becoming a doctor for, you know, I don't know how many years. He's based in the UK. And after he was done with the education, he had this degree and everything. He was like, yeah, YouTube seemed fun. He had done that for quite <laughs> a while. And then he just quit being a doctor went full on to YouTube and now has like 1.6 million subscribers or something. Uh, it's a really big name in that area. But now he started to realize like, I but I missed the doctor part as well. So he's going to go back, like exactly like you said, go back one or maybe two days a week just to do some local work at a hospital there. Just right. to mix it in because that's his passion. But he can still do that and do YouTube at the same time. Yeah, and you get a whole different social aspect when you do that. I think exactly. I think all of us have realized the past year that there's something you can miss about being social. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah, I totally agree e with that. Even hermits like us. Swedish guys having beards living a bit alternative, alternatively. Yeah, exactly. It feels like your road has been quite straight, that you have known what you wanted to do. But has there been any bumps in the road, so to speak? I feel like there are bumps all the time, like constantly of which direction within... I know what I want as a big picture, or I know like the field I want to work in, but there's always bumps and always new things to figure out. Like, okay, do I focus on YouTube? Well, what can YouTube do for me? What, what do I focus on? Now I'm live streaming. Is that the right? And now I'm, I'm like in the mindset of I love live streaming. It's the best thing I've done. But what's the longevity in live streaming? So it's still like I love it. It is so fun. It's the main thing I do right now, and it's like the main joy for probably the past year at least like I, i'm so happy live streaming but i know it, it probably won't last forever so what do, what do i do at the same time and that's where the stress from any individual business comes in right you like what do i do how do i build this up so that if things falls apart i don't fall apart it's not gonna go from one day to the next like oh everything just disappeared but it if you're not keeping like yourself on your toes, like trying to discover new things and trying to discover side hustles or plan Bs, as you said, like it might be a bit tricky to keep yourself relevant. Because if I do the same kind of videos on YouTube forever, uh, maybe that will fall off in like half a year or five years. I have no idea. So I need like a backup plan, uh, not just for safety, but also for keeping it fun, I would say. I think that's the thing with what we do. It's very fun and very stressful at the same time. But it's worth the fun and it's worth the life with the stress. It's just occasionally you go into these like, is anything I'm doing right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's what I felt this morning when I started looking at the analytics for my video. I was like, oh my God, why is this underperforming? Because when you go into YouTube analytics, as you probably know, like when it's a bit off from the, the one you uploaded before this one, it's just red arrows pointing straight down. Like, <laughs> like it doesn't say you're really bad at what you do, but the numbers and the red paint just tells you yeah. that in some way. This is your eighth out of the previous 10th performing ones. Exactly. Come on, step you it up. You should do something better. But one really big bump I actually thought about in your journey uh, is your injury. Do you mind talking a bit about that? That is that is very true. That is, that is a really big <laughs> bump. So um, about a year ago now, actually, 11 months, I think, I ha it happened in May. Um, I got tendonitis for the second time. I actually got, the, got it while I was studying in Los Angeles, but I got over it in like three months or something, which was really nice. And it didn't 
bother me more than a month, seriously. But now I've had tendonitis for 11 months and for probably like half a year, it was really painful and bad. And I went to different physiotherapists and I went to a specialist center and I've tried a bunch of exercises and lasers, laser, not surgery, but like laser things and electric shock things and shock wave therapy and all kinds of things. Do you mind just explaining what tendonitis is? So everyone is right, on that. Right, because there, there's so many different tendonitis as well. So it's basically, some people call it the tennis elbow. It is the tendon going from the elbow to your fingers, cross like the top and inside of your arm that has an inflammation. Uh, so so it's like you lose your strength in your fingers. It's really painful. It feels like someone's kind of put a, na- a knife in your arm and just let it sit there. So it's uh, something that since it's an inflammation, rest is the recipe for getting over it eventually. So if you rest for long enough, you should get over it, kind of. And it's kind of hard to rest when all of your work is (laughs) (laughs) surrounded. Yeah, so it's like drumming, using the computer, uh, carrying your tires to put them on your car, boiling water and pouring it in the cup, like anything you shouldn't use your arm for, technically. At the same time, you should do careful exercises, but yeah. So I've been now working with different physiotherapists. It's getting a lot better. I've been able to drum again for the past, well, since middle of January. I Middle of January, I started drumming once or twice per week. And right now I'm drumming uh, three times per week usually. So it, it's getting better. How does it feel getting back to it? It, it feel, it's weird. I haven't really practiced drums for a long time now. Because I'm like, well, I can practice drums or I can work. So I kind of had to work at this point. And yeah. then when my arm... So it, it's weird to it's weird to take a step away. But since I'm live streaming, I can't just disappear from everywhere. And since I have to live, I can't just disappear. So I switched it out for a lot of like playing guitar and bass and doing some songwriting and and community gaming with the community on on Twitch, oh, that's cool. which is really yeah. fun. I saw you got a new guitar quite recently, and that was thanks to the stream, or yeah, we 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 set up a goal for the stream for donations and such. To I I like to let people know when they invest in me, what do they invest in? Because I I like being transparent like that. Like, hey, if you if you support me right now other than supporting my living, this is what I'm going to invest in next. So basically like, hey, I want to buy a new guitar. I haven't had a new guitar for 12 years. I'm playing more guitar now. I work on songwriting. So this is where I'm going to put the money towards. So if you want to help fund this guitar, then feel free. So basically, I have a new bass and guitar that has been fully fully funded by the community over the past couple of months. It's Oh, that's so cool. It's a really cool feeling. It's a nice community feeling. And so I'm writing everybody who funded it. I'm writing their name on a bass strap that I'm going to mount on the wall. And just, oh, it's just, that's nice. I like, I like, you know, you can look at things from all perspectives. And I think it's important to not, it's easy to try to do things from a money grabbing perspective, but it's never going to last. It's more, I, I like when you're transparent with things and I like when you and thoroughly enjoy the process of it and if you're being honest with everybody then I, th- I you create such a nice atmosphere i think yeah i think that's so important never take your audience for granted like that's why i did a whole video on my youtube channel 
about me taking on sponsors before I even took on sponsors. Because I realized if I go from this simple living guy to then the next video having a big sponsor on it, that's going to be really, really weird. So I did a whole video on me just explaining, yeah, I'm going to bring on sponsors. This is what they're going to pay for. And this is why and how I'm choosing them. And since then, I haven't gotten one single comment that is bad about the sponsors. And that's awesome, that transparency. And that video was great. And after watching the video, hopefully most people go like, why is he even bringing this up? Or why is he apologizing? <laughs> or this yeah. is great, which most people did. I could see, I yeah. could see your Instagram story yeah. <laughs> response. That You get that kind of response because you're being transparent and because people see that you're being honest and you're being careful and you're caring about the community. Whereas if you didn't make that video, then more people would be surprised. Maybe you did it. So it's it's like the transparency pays off in that people see that you're you're real and you're caring, and therefore they're like, well, you don't have to be so real and caring. Of course, you should do this, but it's it's an interesting balance, right? I yeah, it is. So, and I'm glad glad you you're getting sponsors to help out, and it's better for everybody. Like it's it's better for you. It's better for the sponsors. You can take on things that you think interest you and the audience, and the audience get get more content and to see you thrive which is all very good everybody should be happy for it yeah exactly because the more sponsors i can bring in or like more relevant sponsors the more i can say no to like client work where i have to be away from youtube so people don't understand sometimes when i'm away for my maybe one or two months like i need to do client work sometimes to actually pay for the roof or i paid over ten thousand dollars now just for the roof um, and the door was like uh, $3,000 ish. So it's a lot of money just going into the house right now. And being able to do that from home is amazing. Having that kind of support from the community, like accepting that. It was a bit hard in the beginning, actually. Like, you haven't been posting in three weeks. Where are you? I was like, oh, okay. I need to update people so they actually know what's, uh, what's going on. It's so easy to keep it in your head sometimes. And you actually need to speak out loud so people are with you on your journey. Yeah, yeah. That's an... That's a tricky thing too, right? With our lives when we're online, like what do I share? What do I not share? And you want to be really close to your audience, which I'm so, I'm so happy to feel that, that I, I care about the audience. I want to be close to them. And it's always like, what, but how much do I share? How much do I put of myself out there? Like, Yeah, there's a balance between private and personal, I would say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a, that's a great way to put it. Figuring all of that out is it's an interesting journey. And sometimes you're like, hey, I want to share everything, but am I oversharing? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting, interesting thing for sure. But with your injury and everything that is still like there, I guess, how are you going forward from now? I am meeting a physiotherapist in two and a half hours. That's one way of oh, going really? forward. <laughs> yeah. And career-wise? Career-wise, um, it's been a bit unfortunate to have this happen. Because everything, you know, it's like putting a wrench in, in your tracks and everything gets slowed down. So so live streaming wise, it went backwards, of course, because I can't do what I'm best at. Even though I had, I have, I feel like what it's giving me is a better core community. Like the people who stuck around, I know so much better because I could spend so much more time with them. And I did a lot more just chatting and talking to the community rather than playing a lot. So I've gotten so much closer to the core community, which I absolutely love. It's probably the best thing that came out of tendonitis that I know some people so much more. 
and it's such a loving atmosphere to be in. Uh, but but in, as a whole and from a growing your business perspective, of course, it, it's gone backwards and we're still kind of recovering from where I was one year ago. And I'm still recovering from tendonitis. And then teaching wise, I couldn't take on more students and I had to tell some students to be like, hey, I don't know when I can return to teaching. So I would suggest you find another teacher. And that's a mm, hard that's thing tough. to say when you're trying yeah. to build a, <laughs> you're trying to build a, the teaching business and then you're like, oh, but I have to let you go. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, so, that's tough. Yeah, so the goal for me is whenever this gets good, which is hopefully within the next couple of months to be fully good, then I want to focus more on online teaching. So my my perfect future, I think, is continuing to live stream. Uh, I wanted to get more active on YouTube because I, I've been kind of inactive for the past couple of years. I wanted to get more active last year. And then tendonitis hit a month before I had set myself, like I set myself to like in June, I want to get active. I'm, I have these plans. And then I got tendonitis in May. And so it's time <laughs> now. So active on YouTube, uh, live streaming, and working towards building the foundation of of a, a solid, solid frame of online one-on-one -on -one education is the next step. And then once, once I have gotten there, uh, which I hope to do this year to at least get get a good picture and get to a good place. Then the next step is probably to start thinking of how I can make a an online education platform kind of a thing for drums, which is yeah, that will be so cool. My main goal in the future. So going back to the name of this podcast, which is my true north. What would you say is your true north, and why? To me, my true north is about following your own compass towards whatever makes you happy and whatever you know lights the fire within you and towards that. So for me, it's just the pursuit of whatever makes me happy with a mix of education and music and a connection to people and inspiration for music. The biggest joy in my life comes to whenever I make other people happy or inspire other people. A combination of all of that like I want to inspire people to get them motivated to go after what they want in life and somehow that's kind of my main my main passion or my main want in life is to inspire others to go after theirs which is a really interesting thing but I think it's pretty common within teachers to be happier about other people's findings and successes and steps forward than your own and somehow within yourself you keep on pushing forward and stepping forward to better be able to help others to do the same. It's a, it's an interesting balance. So how would you recommend people going after what they truly want? I think you should always really put some thought into what you want and what you think you, makes you happy and come up with a strategy to getting there rather than just hoping to get there. Like you don't have to, it's good if you do, if you can break it down to like a, a big overview plan like years down the road I would like to do this thing and then to get there I have to do these things maybe monthly or at least I have these 10 steps that I have to get there and this might take some time this might take some time and kind of check if it's reasonable and realistic to get there within a time frame so I think if you've set yourself a time frame and you go through to really be honest with yourself and with the idea like is this possible what has to go right and how much work do i have to do is it reasonable that i can do it within the time frame then i think you set yourself up for for a good place to go after something whatever it may be 
because I think it's it's important. You know, you can do things as a hobby and, and enjoy them. And I think that's an important thing too, doing things you love to do that aren't necessarily career things, which for me is like enjoying nature and, and things like that. It's really important for for me to feel happy, to be out in nature and, and discover places and things. And so to make time for that, which I have been pretty bad at doing for the past three years because I've been so focused on this house and this building project and the studio and everything. It's easy to forget the basics of it. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's easier to it's easier to know what's right and smart and then it's another thing to act on it. But it's it's easier to give advice than follow your own, you know? Yeah, it is. I like to as a like adding on tip to what you said, like sit down and challenge yourself to say why all the time. Like, oh I want to start a YouTube channel. Okay, why do I want to do that? Like, okay, because I love filmmaking. Okay, why do I love filmmaking? Oh, okay, because I love creating stuff. Okay, why do I like creating stuff? And then push it, then push it, then push it. Like, so you come down to the really core, why you want to start a YouTube channel or start drawing or teaching or whatever it may be. Yeah, I think it's a great way to get to know yourself. Like, if you break it down like that, then you see, like, what is it that I value in life? Because many people, I don't think, think about that. They're like, hey, I would like to work with this. Yeah, but why? And then eventually you might realize, hey, it's it's because I really like inspiring people or I really like affecting people in an emotional level or I I really enjoy seeing people, uh, seeing things being created uh, or come up with ideas that that are fun or whatever it may be, or are used in the world or whatever your thing is, you know? Thinking through what is it that I want to do in the world is something you can come to terms with by breaking down what you think you would like to do usually. So people that want to hang out with you on a live stream, where can they find you? I'm live on Twitch. So it's twitch.tv slash maxadrums. Max Anderson, just simplified to maxadrums. Nowadays, though, I've become Maxa, <laughs> Maxa, and I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Maxa drums. It's fine. Yeah. So I'm live on Twitch three times a week, and then I have a YouTube channel with 150 drum covers and probably like 20, 30 lessons and things. I re-listened one of your, a few of your songs this morning, actually, just to get, like, get in the right vibe, and I just rediscovered one of my absolute favorite songs of all time, which is uh, Not Now by Yes. Wayne. I was going to say, it's, it's probably not now. so good. <laughs> it is phen- phenomenal. I love that song. Yeah. But I'll leave your Twitch link in the description so people can just click it as well. So there's easier, easier way to find you. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you for coming on. I think we're going to wrap it up here because I thought it was a really good end peak, so to speak, of the discussion. If that's okay with you. Absolutely. I'm okay with that. It was really nice talking. Like You and I have not really talked for... No, that's the funny part. For 10 years, like, I have I? I've heard your voice because of your videos. I, I, I watch all of them because they're phenomenal. But uh, I don't think we've talked to one another f- since we were in person in Fallen o- over 10 years ago. Yeah, exa- I, exactly. I graduated there for, I think it's 10 years ago now or something. Uh, but since I watched your videos and I watched your live streams and stuff, it's like, yeah, of course I know Max. That's fine. And then when Christina asked me, like, is it a friend? I was like... Yeah, I I haven't (laughs) talked to him in 10 years. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. All right. Well, thank you very much for having me on. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Such a humble and sweet guy. 
I'm really happy he agreed to do the podcast with me. If you enjoyed it, I would be so happy if you can help me spread the word with the podcast. So many of you have already done it. After each episode, I get so happy seeing your Instagram stories about where and how you're listening. So please continue with that because that really helps me spread the word on this podcast. And that means I can keep doing these episodes. So if you want to hear more of these episodes, help me spread the word, share it. Thank you for listening. We'll talk soon again. Bye-bye.